0: Now for the latest internet sensation. I don't even think I have to react to that. Can
1: you go, mate? We are... Seb Costello looks a bit like the Monopoly Man.
2: I saw Seb and he ain't in an upright position, I can tell you that.
3: What does he do?
4: Can I say hi?
1: Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners.
3: Hi!
5: Weekend Breakfast with Seb
3: Costello on Triple M. Welcome to the weekend, everybody. Last night, the GWS Giants defeated the Swans by 34 points. But most importantly, Stevie J in Giants colours for the very first time. He picked up three goals. Well done to Stevie J, building a career post-geelong. But wouldn't we all want to be real estate moguls? And one man that's done it is a former player for the Essendon Football Club, and he's currently developing land out in Rockbank near Melton, into Melbourne's newest suburb. It's called Thornhill Park. He joins us on the line now. Andrew Welsh, good morning. And how much work goes into creating a new suburb?
0: Uh, quite a lot, mate, to be honest. Uh, we, we acquired the land a number of years ago and, and underwent the task of um, working through with the, the local and state government to um, turn it from what, is, what was employment land to, to re- residential land. So um, a number of years of work, uh, meetings, and consultation with all stakeholders uh, in particular, with, with Minister Wynne' um, appointment as the plan minister, was very much had to give everyone a voice, which is a fantastic and thorough process to make sure that everything we were doing and we're going to be presenting in our in our project was what the community wanted, um, and that included you know, community facilities. Um, we got a train station on site, so the connectivity for Melbourne's West is obviously a big point with um, the infrastructure needs there. So it was a, a long process, but um, you know, fantastic. Now we can start getting into construction.
3: Mate, it's one of the biggest growth corridors in the country out there in the northwest of Melbourne. What are the property prices going to be like for those looking at buying into Thornhill Park?
0: Yeah, so it's, it's very much an affordable living community. Um, you know, we have blocks ranging from uh, around 160000 right up to 250000 for a residential block. And um, we've got a 28 display home village coming in with some of... Australia's leading builders, really, like the ABN Group.
3: And was it always called Thornhill Park that area?
0: No, uh, so it's still it's Rockbank currently, and um, the council and government have under, undergone a, a program to rename a lot of the areas within within Rockbank and Caroline Springs, Melton, um, due to the the growth that's expected out here. Um, so Thornhill Park is as part of a, a master plan community of nine and a half thousand homes. So over 20 years of construction and work in there, 22,500 residents. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me, mate, but it's uh, (laughs) certainly exciting news that we can uh, can now get underway and and start delivering this community to uh, Melbourne's West.
3: You mentioned the sporting facilities that will go in there. They'll probably try and recruit you to be the inaugural coach of the Thornhill
0: Park <laughs> Footy Club. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm involved uh, quite heavily with the Rockbank Footy Club, and that's the only <laughs> sporting club out here at the moment.
3: Are you keeping an eye on the Bombers at all? You played with a lot of the blokes who, sadly, won't be taken to the field this year.
0: Yeah, I, I am. I am. Um, I suppose everyone uh, to unfortunate situation through my eyes for the players, and um, but it's good to see them starting to get back into some training, albeit away from the Footy Club. And quite interesting, I was up at the I was up there at uh, Tullamarine, the, the new facility out there a couple of weeks ago with Xavier Campbell, the CEO, just having a chat, seeing how everything was going. And I reckon I knew about five players out there at training. So, um, And one of those was, was uh, James Kelly, um, Ryan Crowley, Maddie Stokes. And besides, I didn't know anyone else. So, The, uh, the game moves on pretty quickly, but... Um, you know, unfortunate situation for our great club but let's hope we can uh, all rally behind them and you know, one day get them back on track
3: Here, here, mate, and uh, if I know you you probably stitched up Xavier Campbell for five blocks at Thornhill Park
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to get a free, a free sponsorship package there, but it, it didn't work mate they need all the money they can get at the moment
3: <laughs> Well good luck with it, check it out it's online, just chuck Thornhill Park into Google you'll see all the information Andrew Welsh, thanks for joining us on Triple M Thanks Seb, good on you mate I see overnight Rupert Murdoch has got married to Jerry Hall in a private ceremony in London. Good luck to them. Joining us now from the Triple M newsroom, Nicole Gunn, and there has been gunfire gunners in Yarraville. Yes,
6: in Yarraville. Now, this happened early this morning, just around about 1.30, 1.40 this morning, outside the Bros Outlaw Motorcycle Gang Clubhouse in uh, Campbell Street, Yarraville. All we know at this stage, two men have been shot. A 38-year-old from Altona, a 37-year-old from Hearn Hill. We believe at least one of those has life-threatening injuries. Echo task force detectives are down there, so sort of taking witness statements if they can get them. So all we know is two guys shot outside the clubhouse. Don't know if they're related or if they were involved in the bikies gang, whether it's just coincidence, maybe, probably unlikely, but we've got two two victims here.
3: Something completely different. Who's gonna last longer? Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall <laughs> or Mariah Carey and James Packer?
6: Or it'd have to be Mariah and James. Surely. You think they'll
3: last longer?
6: I reckon they'll last longer. Is that
3: because you think Rupert's not got long for the world? He's eighty four. Yeah, okay. So uh,
6: Dame Elizabeth went right. on for the i I'm a gonna split years. with you. I
3: reckon Rupert and Jerry will get another decade together, and I'm not so sure about James and Mariah.
6: Onto the prediction board, that's it.
3: Two words that gets a man excited. Beer fest. And it's happening in St Kilda this weekend. Hello, James Harding from the Beer Festival. How are we? Mate, I'm exceptional. What are you doing this weekend?
7: Oh, it's very exciting. I'm uh, I'm on site at Katani Gardens. We've got a beer festival happening. So gates open at 12.30. We've got 54 beer and food stalls. We've got live music, live comedy, beer masterclasses for the, uh, the beer connoisseur. So what's going on at Katani Gardens today?
3: And what is your favourite beer of all the stalls that you've got down there at St Kilda?
7: Oh, that's a tough question. Mm. I reckon I'm um, pretty excited about Feral Brewing coming over from WA. Also excited about Young Henry's coming down from, uh, from Sydney, uh, Pirate Life from Adelaide. So um, they're a couple of my favourites, but can't go past some of the good Victorian ones with Hawthorne Brewing, uh, Temple Brewing Company, uh, Three Ravens they get me pretty excited as well.
3: <laughs> I can hear it in your voice, James. <laughs> I've been to the uh, Feral uh, Brew House, if you like, in the Swan Valley. It's a terrific sort of old-style homestead, and what comes out of the tap is delicious.
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, it's the only place you'll be able to get so many beers on tap in the one place, and, and we're all about the quality, not quantity. So we, we send a message of stop, sip, and savour, and we encourage people to do some tastings, chat with the brewers, and uh, basically just have a great day.
3: Have you got enough port to loos
7: Yes.
3: Okay. Absolutely.
7: Good. Absolutely.
3: I was reckon a lot of people drinking beer, it could get rather nasty down there.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Lots of port loose. lots of <laughs> toilets, lots of facilities. So, um, so we're all set up. We're ready to
3: go. Terrific. Well, uh, what time do gates open?
7: 12.30 today.
3: 12.30 today, Katani Gardens. If you like beer, you'll like the beer festival. Thanks for chatting to us, James Harding. Thanks very much. South Africa's won the first 2020 match against Australia in Durban. We batted first, nine for 157 off the back of a quick fire, Aaron Finch, 40. And then uh, the South Africans got us in the end. So, you know, we're just warming up. We're pacing ourselves when the World Cup comes around. Now, enough mainstream sport. Let's get on to some of the other stuff.
5: In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the
3: weekend breakfasts, glittering galaxy of sport and don't the kids love it now some of the things we've done in this segment like rubik's cube and robot soccer they've been a little different this man is fair dinkum 44 year old craig percival is an endurance athlete and he's about to attempt something quite extraordinary good morning craig
8: good morning seb thanks for having me on
3: mate a pleasure what is it that you're attempting
8: uh tomorrow mate i start eight Ironmans in eight consecutive days in the eight states and territories of Australia.
3: That is extraordinary. For those who don't know what an Ironman is, take us through it.
8: 3.8 kilometre swim, 180 kilometre ride and then finished off with a 42.2 kilometre marathon.
3: What leg are you most worried about?
8: Uh, I think the runs, mate. I'm a pretty good swim biker. It's always been my strength the runs will uh there'll be some fatigue it's 330 ks of running in eight days or something so you know i've never done never done that sort of mileage before but i'll be right mate i've got some some pretty good motivation behind me yeah.
3: eight ironmans in eight days where do you get that idea
8: uh a couple of years ago i raced a, a big race in hawaii and um and i had a good race there and and could have hung up the boots so to speak there but i really wanted do I really wanted to potentially finish my, I guess my athletic career on a different note, and, and that I'm actually raising money for the John McLean Foundation. So, um, this is something that had never been done in Australia the the you know the eight Ironmans in eight days. So I don't really remember, mate, how it actually came up. I, I think it was on the plane ride home. I was like, okay, well let's try and raise some money for uh, you know a foundation that I really believe in and. Yeah, and, and here we are, mate, less than uh, 24 hours to go,
3: so yeah. You don't sound nervous, which impresses me more than anything. Hey, what is the John McLean Foundation?
8: Uh, it's a foundation. Well, John's a, a wheelchair athlete himself, um, and, and the foundation itself raises money for, for kids in wheelchairs. So not just simply buying kids uh, their wheelchairs or things like that. They look to get kids more engaged in their local community. Um, they help out with, like, uh, home renovations, you know, just, just access, access-related issues. Um, it's a really good foundation. And, and, of course, you know, recently we just had a young kid down at the Half Moon Bay ha- have a terrible incident, and, um, you know, it's around us, and, and they're doing a lot of good work. So I'm thrilled to be working with them.
3: Well, I wish you well, mate. On the ninth day, have a bit of rest, though, I reckon, after eight Ironmans in eight days. Craig Percival, thanks for joining us.
8: Thanks for having me,
3: said Cheers. Uh, uh, extraordinary hyphenator. Will you ever get close to doing one Ironman? Maybe I've done many Ironmans before. I uh, highly doubt that. No, I have never, would never ever go near an Ironman. No, though. I don't think I will either. That is extraordinary. 3.8K swim, 180K bike ride, and a marathon, and then to do that eight days in a row. My goodness. The Matildas have kept their perfect run to Rio alive. They've knocked off the Korean Republic 2-0 overnight after beating Vietnam and beating Japan before that. So they are killing it at the moment and must have booked their trip to Rio by now. Anyway, let's talk fitness. When you, beat a
7: legend, you become a legend.
2: Health and Fitness with Danny Green.
3: The great man joins us as he does every week. Morning, Greenie. Good morning, Seb. How are you, buddy? Mate, exceptional. Now, I want to start. You always say you're 42 years young and you've still got a six-pack of an 18-year-old. What are your top three ab exercises?
2: (laughs) Well, mate, she slowly crept to about a (laughs) four-pack. The bottom one, I think I've drunk the bottom one, but... um. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's really hard, mate, to, um, to, I guess, pinpoint exactly how, you know, what exercises are are best because everyone's different. Everyone likes different exercises, but the number one key to a six pack or Mm. having, you know, abdominal muscles that are visible is your diet. Right. Nutrition is, is, is the most important part. Like it's 95% or 90% nutrition and 10%. Exercises just simply because almost everyone has a six pack underneath. So if, if people can't see their stomach or they can't see their muscles, and think, "Oh, it's going to take me ages. What kind of work do I have to do to build these muscles up?" It's not about that. It's about eliminating the fat from around the stomach, and we all have muscles underneath. And then that's why, if you if you eliminate the fat by having a, a, a very good diet, then you'll um you'll have a, you, your six pack will suddenly become visible. And then you do build your muscles, and they can get bigger and more um, accentuated. By the fact by doing um, you know some, some pretty simple exercises.
3: When you go into a fight with a six pack, is that about intimidation as much as anything, or is it important to have that sort of stability and that protection around the abs?
2: Your core is super. Like, if, you know what, mate? I see so many people when they see a guy with a six pack and they go, oh, man, that guy must be tough, or that guy can fight. It means nothing, really. <laughs> work, you, you can either fight or you can't. It doesn't matter whether you've got a six pack. Um, but it's very important if you if you know if you've got very if your stomach's very very uh, you know um, you know if you're a full like a full eight pack you can see some guys and they're just ripped and shredded. It's because they've worked hard mm. and they've got a very good diet. Obviously they've looked after themselves. But to have a strong core, so your core strength is everything. So you know and that's where it starts. You know especially with lower back. If guys have lower back problems, having a strong stomach, having strong stomach muscles. Is going to help um, you know ease the uh, ease the burden on your lower back as well.
3: I remember reading a little while ago that the sort of classic leg raises may not have the impact on the abdominals that we first thought. What what camp do you sit in there?
2: I'm 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 on the fence on that one, but also I don't do the leg raises for right. me personally only because I have a bad lower back. So I have lower back issues, and the lower back issues get inflamed by doing leg raises, so I kind of tend to steer away from. Them. I like to use – because the lower leg raises go um, – they hit the lower part of your stomach muscles, which are pretty hard to get to. Um, so, you know, your general everyday sit-ups and crunches, they hit the, the mid ones, the top and the mid ones, but the lower ones, the leg raises, do hit. But another way to hit the lower part of your, of your body, of your your abdominal muscles, is to do bridges. So you put right, your the or plank. planking you bridges or planking. That's it. The planking. Yep. Not the planking that went was the crazy. That our mate Seven you did um, <laughs> off right. the balcony, but yeah. your normal planking, you know, that's a great way to, to hit the, the, the lower abdominal muscles.
3: My cousin once claimed at football pre-season to have done an 11-minute plank. I don't know if I believe it or not, because that sounds a little bit yeah. over the top.
2: Yeah, I believe that for sure. No problem at all.
3: all Could right. you
2: do that? Look, it's not something my my, my elbows would give way. <laughs> The stomach can handle it, mate, but it's the elbows, the old cranky elbows that give up. But, yeah, no, I believe he can do it an 11-minute plank. No problem at all. If he's, and he's obviously, a, you know, he's obviously a, strong young, a strong young dude.
3: Absolutely. No, down there at the South Melbourne District Footy Club it was. Greenie. a pleasure to talk to you as always. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Too easy, mate. Have a great day, Seb. Cheers,
3: buddy. The legend himself, Danny Green, talks to us every week on Health & Fitness. Now, this sounds too good to be true. Later on today, you can get meals from some of the best chefs in Melbourne for just a dollar. To tell us more about it, Katie Barfield, good morning. What is this all about?
4: Okay, well this is about the Yumi app, Y-U-M-E. And the idea behind the Yumi app is that we believe in a vision of a world without food waste. So the idea being that we've got some of Melbourne's top chefs, we've got, <coughs> excuse me, Guy Grossi, Matt Wilkinson, Jesse Gurner, amongst many others, and they will be cooking up an absolute storm between 3 and 4 p.m. today, and you'll be able to get your hands on some of their delicious dishes for just one minute. Dollar.
3: Yes, one dollar. So we download an app. Yep. We make a purchase with a credit card, presumably. Yes. And then we've got an hour to get down to wherever the food is available. Is that it in a nutshell? Pretty much. Okay. Um,
4: I would suggest that people jump on the website and have a look at some of the amazing dishes that are on offer. Decide which one you're going to go for and then at three o'clock be hot on the app. Press the one you want. Make sure you pay your dollar. That's all going to go to charity as well. And then nip down there before four o'clock to enjoy it.
3: Three o'clock this afternoon, the Yumi app. And of course, all these meals are made with food that otherwise would be excess, otherwise would be scrapped. Is that right?
4: Well, yeah. What we're doing is we're showcasing surplus. So in the case of um, Jesse Gurner from Bomba, we have got offcuts of, of jamon that are going to make the croquettes, um, agarte patisserie, and I tell you, these things sitting here yeah. on the desk smell so good. We've got some pastries in here oh. that l- just look delectable. They're from agarte patisserie, and they're going to be doing some puddings and custard hearts made with pieces Offcuts, right? Um, we've got a very, very um, decadent dish happening at Pastuso um, in ACDC Lane. He is doing an awfully good <laughs> Peruvian shepherd's pie. I so, smell wordplay here. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. It has got slow-cooked slow, pull, slow cooked pulled pork neck and little shavings of alpaca heart. Now, before you do Hang the on. yuck face. Al- what? Uh, alpaca heart? <laughs> yeah, so before we screw our face up and go, yuck, I have to say this is a prized cut, and I really encourage people to get down there and try it. This is a hearty Peruvian dish. Hearty,
3: I like it. You're awfully good, hearty. You are killing it oh. this morning, Katie. <laughs>
4: Food <laughs> puns a galore coming out my mouth. <laughs> so yeah, get and down Have you tasted uh, alpaca heart? Look, I will be tasting it this afternoon at right. three o'clock. Yeah. I Any idea what it tastes like? Apparently, it's very, very rich okay. in nutrients. And offal is a the new craze. I'm told it's mm. happening all over New York. I mean, they just can't well, get enough of it.
3: Now, it'll be here in no time. Then that's right. Did I hear smoked ice cream is one of the other?
4: Yes, you did. It's soft-serve smoked milk ice cream with freeze-dried raspberries. Now, the gorgeous Matt Wilkinson is presenting that for us at Pope Joan, and he has 200 serves of it. So the most important thing about this, Seb, is we don't want any of this food to go to waste. So we want everybody to get on the app, everybody to get down there and make sure that we eat up all of this delicious food that's being prepared for us.
3: It's the Yumi app. Check it out online, and you could get these meals we're talking about by some of Melbourne's best chefs for just a dollar. Happens 3 p.m. this afternoon, and it's all about food waste and making sure that food is put to good use. Because Is this right? $8 billion worth of edible food goes to landfill in Australia each year.
4: Shocking, but true. Is that right? $8 billion. $8 billion worth. That is actually in volume about 4.2 million tonnes.
3: Gosh. Well, check it out. The UMI app, Katie Barfield, lovely to chat.
4: Thank you very much for having me.
3: I'm just chowing down on some of those pastries that the Yumi app team brought in, and they are magnificent. Three o'clock today, make sure you get on that. Later today, though, the Davis Cup resumes again at Kuyong. It is one all, thanks to Bernard Tomick, who played very nicely yesterday. To tell us more about it, Channel 7 tennis commentator, Todd Woodbridge, good morning.
9: Good morning, good morning. It was an interesting day yesterday, and I'm, I think I'm pleased to say we're one all. For a moment, it looked like it might have been um, two zipped the other way, so... A big weekend still ahead of
3: us. Bernard Tomic was the one that took the victory yesterday, that's 16 wins from 19 Davis Cup matches for him. He really has performed for his country.
9: Yeah, look, it's, it's ironic, isn't it? Because um, I think the public have, um, you know, they've struggled to know how to deal with Bernie in terms of his performances. But when he's turned up in Davis Cup, he's actually played his very best tennis, and it, it, the thing about it is that when he gets a team around him, he actually has a lot of fun, he enjoys the week, he trains harder, the focus is better and he's played some of his greatest tennis. The only losses um, that he's had out of those three, he's lost to uh, Roger Federer, Andy Murray and a, game, a guy named Florian Meyer from, from Germany on clay which is his worst surface. So every time he's walked out there, he's gone in as favourite and delivered so it's good stuff.
3: Now, the question becomes, we have the doubles today. Sam Groth and Johnny Piers are written down next to the card to represent yeah. Australia against the Bryans. Yeah. Is there a chance Leighton Hewitt could take part in the doubles today?
9: Oh, I reckon there's a very good chance. Um, the, the dilemma for Leighton is, is, does Sam Groth play all three matches this weekend? Um, his form yesterday was a little bit iffy. He played a good first set but then fell away um, to lose in straight to John Easner. So does Leighton rest him today and put him out in the singles on Sunday or should Leighton go out, play today, um, and maybe even play on Sunday, maybe put himself in the singles as well? Um, there is, I would have loved to have been at dinner last night to to hear the discussion that was going on. I suspect um, that Leighton will, will play and they'll rest Sam for the final day. That's what I think is going to happen. But... Um, there's a lot of tactics to come through it because, you know, obviously you've got to win three points. And which is the best way to win? If you look at the doubles, they're playing the Bryan brothers, the best team in history, won more tournaments than anybody. Um, So you've got to think that's a tough one to win. So does Leighton hold himself and play singles? Um, I haven't answered your question, but I'm throwing all the the variables out there.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it's going to be 30 degrees again tomorrow. It was pretty hot yesterday. Do you think the heat favours either side?
9: Uh, no, not really. Um, I know yesterday that Bernard really struggled with the heat, but he's been travelling around the world, got in late because he made the finals in Acapulco, and when you haven't had that chance to adjust to conditions, it can hit you, and it got him more than it got the US team because they've been here longer and been better prepared. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it will matter so much. The beauty of the heat is that the grass is the best surface to play on if it's going to be that hot. But, um, you know, I think, I think for us... Um, We've got to find a, a way to win two points. That's the thing they're going to have to look at, and doesn't matter whether it rain hails or shines. Um, Rusty's going to have to pull a bit of magic out to get those three, I feel.
3: Well, we'll all be watching, Kooyong, and if we can't get down there, it is on the Seven Network from midday today and 11am on Sunday. Channel 7 commentator, Todd Woodbridge, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Have a good day. I think we've got to get Leighton out there, and Todd Woodbridge seems to think that it is rather likely possibly in the doubles, but maybe even in the singles come Sunday. Would love to see that. Tomorrow afternoon, our time. UFC 196 gets underway. Main event is Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, but also Holly Holmes back in action, the woman who knocked out Ronda Rousey at Etihad Stadium last year. She takes on Misha Tate, but Conor McGregor is the one attracting all the attention because his mouth is almost as good as his fists. Here's some of his best work. I like Nick's little bro. You know what I mean? How can you not like him? He's he's like a he's like a little cholo gangster from the hood. But at the same time, but at the same time, he coaches
9: kids to you on a Sunday morning and goes on bike rides with the elderly. He makes gun signs with the right hand and animal balloons with the left hand. So. I, you're a credit to the community. See stiffness when I look in that 155 pound division. Slow, stiff. I feel like they're stuck in the mud almost. The featherweights, they hit like flyweights. So it's nice down there just destroying them and killing that whole division. You now find me, it's a celebration. You ring back home, you ring your wife. Baby, we done it. We're rich, baby. Conor McGregor made us rich. Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby.
3: Not quite sure what he meant by that last one, but there is Conor McGregor, and he'll defend his title against Nate Diaz tomorrow afternoon. But he's got to be just about the best trash talker on the planet at the moment in world sport. Michael Jordan was amazing in his day because everything he said would happen, would happen including shooting free throws with your eyes closed. I mean, of course, Floyd Mayweather is a pretty good trash talker, uh, but he is retired, if you believe him anyway. one triple three five three. Who's the best trash talker on the planet? We've got some tickets to give away to the Grand Prix if you got some thoughts. Jim, good morning.
8: G'day, mate. How you doing?
3: Mate, uh, you got a little story for us?
8: Yeah, MLB baseball game, uh, Cubs versus New York Mets. The uh, I was sitting on the basket in left field, right on the home run fence, and the guy next to us, mate, and you probably know Yanks like to get passionate mm-hmm. when they're supporting their team. This guy was owning the left fielder. Like, he was brutal, and... Turned around about three or four innings later, the left fielder turned around and looked up and he pointed at him and spotted him and said, mate, there's three and a half million reasons why I'm down here and you're up
3: there. <laughs> Always play the money card. It's uh, it's a good one. You want some tickets to the Grand Prix? Absolutely. Jim, they are yours. Senna grandstand tickets, if you don't mind, to the 2016 Formula One Rolex Australian Grand Prix, March 17 to 20. Tickets available from grandprix.com.au. Let's go to Vince on 133353. You got a trash talker for us?
1: Yeah, morning,
0: Seth. Um, yeah, they're all good, but the best was uh, Ali. You know, when he used to walk
3: in and play the champions. Yeah. <laughs> Muhammad Ali. There are a few better. I have roustled with a alligator. I done tussled with a whale. I done handcuffed lightning, throwed thunder in jail. That's bad. Only last week, I murdered a rock, injured a stone hospitalise a brick. I'm so mean I make medicine sick. Man, dude. Fast, last night I cut the light off in my bedroom, hit the switch, was in the bed before the room was dark. Incredible. All of you chumps are gonna bow when I whoop him. All of you, I know you got him. I know you got him picked, but the man's in trouble. I'm gonna show you how great I am. There is only one, the greatest, Muhammad Ali. Great call Vince to Dean at Diamond Creek. Who talks trash well in your opinion?
9: Yeah, g'day, mate. Uh, the best one at the moment would have to be
3: Donald Trump, wouldn't oh, it? Yeah, look, the Donald is doing quite a good job of smashing the likes of Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio over there. Yeah, <laughs> so. Trash
8: talking his line of the White House, White House,
3: by the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. Marco Rubio had a good line, though. He was describing Trump's private plane, and he referred to it as Hair Force One. What is on Donald Trump's head? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Say, uh, yeah, Brettles, you want to go to the Grand Prix? Oh, sorry, Dean, is it? Dean at Diamond yeah. Creek, you want to go to the Grand Prix? Yeah, I'd love to. Mate, they are yours. The Senate grandstand tickets to the 2016 Formula One Rolex Australian Grand Prix. Enjoy that. And one last one to finish us off. You got a nomination for us, Brett? Yeah, mate. What about Warnie? Yeah, Warnie. Warnie went all right.
0: Yeah, just, I he just the ability to get inside people's heads. And, you know, when he was playing Big Bash, telling the commentators what he's going to bowl,
7: has to get this guy out, next thing he's out.
3: That was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a freak. It's, he is a freak. It's sort of, you know, Babe Ruth when he used to point to the outfield and then hit a home run and warney did exactly that in the big bash. Good call, Brett. South Africa beat us last night in the cricket. They won by three wickets, Twenty Twenty cricket in Durban ahead of the 2020 World Cup, which is coming a bit later in the month. Hyphen, I need to bring you in here hyphen pushes the buttons for us on this program, and I do not have a beard, and he does. (laughs) I read from page nine of the Herald Sun today where the latest trend among hipsters are flower beards, and that there's three blokes in the paper who have decorated their facial hair with flowers. Hyphen. What are they doing?
2: That's very disappointing what they're doing for us beard wearers. Would you ever wear a flower beard? No, I would not.
3: I can't imagine. Does anyone... Actually, wear this out in public. I mean, we found three. They look like nice blokes, but they have stuck half of you know mum's flower garden into their chin, and it looks a little bit ridiculous. The bloke on the end looks a bit like Daniel Andrews. Actually, have a look at that hive on the uh, on the far no, right that's there. That's disgraceful. You going? We going with you on that? No. Okay. No. Don't One, want to borrow that. One triple three five three. I want to speak to somebody who knows about flower beards if you know somebody who has worn them, please explain it to us or hit us up on Twitter at SebCostello9. This hipster revolution thing is getting a little ridiculous. Flower beards. I'm putting my foot down. Ready. About and
0: right banana. The biggest high act you've ever seen in your
5: life. Eight. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. I'm absolute this, this is Brian Taylor. Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a <laughs> Coleman and be in a film. And this. Is Bristles missing?
3: Take your flags, <laughs> just stick them, you know where. Voted the best football commentator on radio year after year. Good morning, BT. Good morning, Seb Costello. How are you, mate? Uh, oh, well, I'm a bit saddened because the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Have you heard of flower beards? Uh, look, I, I've seen one or two.
5: I'm a, I'm a bit of a Brunswick Street Fitzroy <laughs> operator. <laughs> And I get down there and amongst the mung beans and the uh, soy latte uh, uh, clams and there is the odd flower beard down there.
3: It is extraordinary. They don't wash often down that way. And I'm wondering if these are just weeds rather than flowers that are growing out of the chin.
5: They'd be those little uh, yellow flowers you pick on the side of the road as a kid. They'd be those. They, there's no way they would have paid for them. They don't pay for anything. You are <laughs> all on <I'm> the <a> doll.
3: <laughs> no, <laughs> that's it. The Centrelink queue stretches all the way down Johnson Street. Uh, BT, I heard Trink Cotchen. No, it wasn't Trink Cotchen. It was Brett Deledio asked earlier in the week about why Jack Rewalt hasn't been in the leadership group at Richmond since 2013. He's such an emotional barometer for that side. Do you reckon he'd be worth putting into the leadership group?
5: Look, I reckon initially in the, in the, in the years leading up to this, he was probably a little bit, um, how would I put it? I don't want to say selfish because he wasn't selfish, but he was probably a little self-centred and that's a bit like full forwards are, a little bit like that. And Rewalt was probably dealing with that. He was dealing with his own game. I think now he looks comfortable with both of those things. I think he looks really comfortable with his own game. He looks like he's uh, absolutely 100% on board with the modern game and, and willing to do anything for the team to win. So I think now would be the time for him to uh, be, be in the leadership group. So uh, I reckon he'd be disappointed that he's not.
3: Yep, I agree with that. Now, BT, Stevie J on debut for the Giants. It's a snap challenge, of course, but a 34-point win for the Giants over the Sydney Swans. Stevie J bobbing up with three goals. It uh, looks like he'll contribute something this season. Yeah, well, he's probably
5: got a year or two left in him. But you know, if I was still, if I had uh, Geelong's choice again, I'd probably make the same decision. I think you've got to get them out while they've got some uh, value to them, and you can get something in return for them. If they'd let it go another two years, he basically would have been like my son's car, which has got every panel on it it's absolutely smashed uh, to smithereens, and he's going to get about four bucks for it when he sells it. So sell it now before he dents panel number nine and ten, and uh, away you go. So no, he's a good choice for them, and he'll be uh, he'll be uh, really valued um, leadership.
3: Yeah, they seem to be bringing him into the group. Hey, uh, I know you were a little bit of a politically minded man, BT. Have you been watching the rise of the Donald over in the United States?
5: I've been absolutely floored by the <laughs> rise of the Donald. We have a, a a person in Australia that is almost identical to Donald Trump. Do you uh, know who that
3: is? Uh, I think I have a fair idea. far away.
5: Slamming Sam Chekhovich <laughs> is the most uh, politically incorrect person I've ever met. Yes. And uh, he he and Trump are very similar. In fact, he and Trump are great mates.
3: I, I, you've told me this before. Are you yeah. fair dinkum? Keke reckons dinkum. he knows Donald Trump.
5: Yeah, and he says that if Trump gets in, he will be invited to the inauguration, and probably these are his own words. He's sitting in the front row. That is so, a big call. Cool. This would be unbelievable that you and I are just one phone call away from the president uh, at any time we want. The most powerful man in the world. But the guy's, uh, oh, he's he's. There's not much right about him.
3: No, no. Uh, the makeup gets me, and I just don't know what's on top of his scalp. No, I'm not
5: sure either. But he's. Uh, He's an amazing uh, person. Um, he's very, very different. And for him to be uh, in charge of uh, you know, the, the most powerful country in the world is just bloody like, absolutely mind-blowing. What the hell are those Yanks
3: doing over there? Jay Muller, bloody go back and (laughs) save your country land, mate. (laughs) What are they doing? Yeah, I think Jay's got a lot to answer for. BT, always a pleasure to have you on. We'll speak to you next week. Join you, Seb. Joining us is a young lady who has a new television program. She is one of the team at AFL Tonight for the Fox Network, Neralee Meadows. Congratulations on the new show.
1: Thank you very much, Seb. Yeah, we're all really excited at Fox Sports News and Fox Footy to be able to bring all the footy fans a little bit more extra uh, AFL early in their evenings.
3: You were spotted on a date this week.
1: Spotted on a date?
3: Now, I have reason to believe that you and one Michael Malloy of Triple M's Hot Breakfast <laughs> shared a meal together.
1: It was absolutely beautiful. I took him out on the uh, the leap day uh, on Monday, and I proposed. And he ran to the toilet and didn't come back. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a cheap restaurant. It left me with the bill. So Is that right? no, it's not. It's it's not a true story at all. But yes, we did. We did go out on na- on Monday night. It was very pleasant indeed. Can I just say, I'm, getting a, sparks I'm fly? getting a sense of something. I'm getting a sense of oh, something yes? all the way from Perth. Right. That you are wearing horrendous shoes. Uh, no, they're, they're wonderful that shoes. that bad. No. They're that bad that I can tell over the phone from three hours behind.
3: I think if you saw them up close, you'd quite like them. They're sort of a brown leather. No, they're leather horrible. They're horrible. Open, oh, they're open. Open. Let me explain to the listeners. Okay, they're right, a brown, brown, brown leather, leather, leather number. No. number. No. It's and not happening. And the, uh, and the real piece de resistance that just gives it that little extra is a... T- Two tassels on each shoe that just hangs from the bridge of the foot.
1: And uh-huh. and so they basically look like you've got your hair that's that fluffy ball thing at the moment on your feet.
3: Adorable so you, and bouncy and, bouncing and, and attractive. Sort of- <laughs> Absolutely. No, they are fantastic, except I could probably use some socks because it's a little bit chilly in the studio. But uh, look, when you get back, I will allow you to look at them and you will change your mind.
1: Have you met me before?
3: <laughs> well, no, good question. Now, um, uh, you were over there for the basketball, the Wildcats and the New Zealand Breakers uh, doing battle in the NBL finals.
1: Yeah, it's really exciting. They were there. Uh, they were in New Zealand last night, so it was game two. Yeah, if Wildcats won, it was all over, but it's uh, they didn't, so it's going to a game three tomorrow, uh, Sunday afternoon, here at the Perth Arena, so... It's quite exciting stuff for the Wildcats, whether or not they can win another one. They should have probably wrapped it up last night, but they, uh, when it came down to the clutch moments, they absolutely bricked them. So it's gone to a game three. So tough, though, in this series, because they've got to get two flights to get to each game. So an enormous amount of flying for, uh, for both teams. But look, exciting that it's gone to a game three. That's what we want to see.
3: You've probably dated a man with a flower beard. What do you think of them? Are you familiar with this concept?
1: No, I'm not. But I went to dinner last night at a Mm. restaurant and there was this man with a beard so long that my friends at the table (laughs) decided it was completely and utterly unhygienic and they were not happy about it. It was ridiculous. It was like, you know, potential, you know, dipping in your drinks as he carried them long beard.
3: Really? So a bit like your underarm head?
1: (sighs) No, that's not nice.
3: Mm. No. Is that, I'm is let that the
1: all? Hang about
3: there. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> a it's a so. bad look. It's in the paper today. <laughs> there are hipsters getting around who are putting flowers in their beards, and we put a call prompt out a little while ago asking for anybody who knew about flower beards. and nobody's rung in. So I'm quite proud of the Triple M audience for not knowing anything about flower beards.
1: Well, one trip to Perth and I got you covered, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you'll be back, man. So uh, AFL tonight is on five nights a week.
1: Yeah, well, it's on five nights a week until the start of the season and then uh, I'll be hosting every Saturday and Sunday night as well. So it's exciting times, uh, seven nights a week that footy fans can get their fix on uh, Fox Sports News and, and Fox Footy.
3: You star. Well, to just commemorate this, uh, this uh, step up in your career, I'm going to buy you some brown leather tasseled shoes, just like mine, but a little bit smaller.
1: Oh, it, you, you're always thinking of me, Seb. <laughs> you're always thinking of me. I like to think I'm a little bit quicker usually, but it's 5.40 in the morning over here. So uh, if I'm if I'm not as quick as usual, then, you know, just give me a little bit of props, all right? I have, got up for you.
3: Have you been home?
1: <laughs> a couple of hours. Yeah,
3: okay, good. <laughs> Magnificent nearly Meadows from Fox Sports. Always lovely to chat. Thanks for having me, Seb. Talk next week. There she is. That's good. uh, It'll be a good show, that. with Nairly and uh, and Sarah Jones uh, involved, too. It'll be a very nice program. Enjoy the weekend. The Davis Cup will be well worth watching. It starts around 11 o'clock today with the Bryans getting on for the US. And, well, who will play for Australia? Will it be Leighton Hewitt? We'll have to uh, keep a watch on that. And if you just caught up with the footy results too, the GWS defeating the Swans by 34 points, Stevie J kicking three goals in his first game in orange. Nicole Gunn coming up with the Triple M news at nine in a moment. The Dead Set Legends who, if this is correct, have one of the Kardashian clan, one of the sort of outer reach Kardashian people on the program today. I think it's one of the sons of Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner. Yeah, that isn't sort of what I think when I think Dead Set Legends. But no doubt it'll be entertaining. We'll be back next week. Thank you to Hyphen. Thank you to Jakey. Thank you to the best audio producer in the country, Dave Collins. It is 5 to 9, 20 degrees in Melbourne on Triple M. All building leaks
9: from Triple M's weekend breakfast with Seb Costello get fixed by Builders Academy. Offering nationally recognised courses in plumbing services and other building trades across Victoria. Call 1300-LEGEND now. RTO code 21583.